Greetings, game music lovers. I'm Bedroth. And I'm Shoot Kapow. And you're listening to Very Good Music. A VGM podcast. Well, that's been uh, it's been quite a break for you. Welcome back, Shoot. How's it going? It's pretty good. Uh, this these past few weeks, I've been working on my YouTube channel, which has been uh, it's been a very enjoyable little thing that I've had going on. Yeah, despite uh, despite one significant setback you had, uh, it's been going well, and I've been hearing enjoying hearing you talk about it. Do you want to talk a little bit about the channel before we get rolling? Uh, I'll go ahead and dive into that at the end of the recording. Okay, sounds good. For now, let's get into the um, very good music. <laughs> yeah, well, I can actually tell that you have been spending a little more time behind the mic. You've got a really good uh, kind of projection going. I can tell that you've been listening to yourself on audio and kind of, uh, you know, taking some taking some tips and things like that from what you've heard online and maybe a little bit from me. But yeah, you sound really good. And I'm excited to get into this. As we announced a little while ago, uh, we are going to be wrapping up Very Good Music officially as a regular show, although we are going to be leaving the door open for uh, return, like bonus episodes and things like that. And so th this is not a final goodbye. Uh, we are still, of course, on the, um, you know, on the Internet making our stuff. I'm still doing BG Mania with Brian and the movie bar with the dyad. And I'm still composing music and making YouTube videos. Yeah. And we'll talk about all the stuff where you can find us at the end. I'll have some links in the show notes to some of our other work. And uh, but as since we're we are going to be wrapping things up, we didn't just want to cut it off with a OK, this is it. And we're not coming back. We wanted to wrap things up with uh, a few final videos to properly say goodbye to all of you, our listeners who have been supporting us so much these last two and a half years. So, shoot, what is our topic for today? Well, today we're diving into last levels in video games. Not necessarily boss themes, but more so the prologue to the boss, if that makes sense. Yeah, sort of the lead up to it. Um, if you if you played Super Mario 64, then like the Koopa Road of these games, which actually didn't end up on the playlist today. Uh, it, it was in the running. I told Shukapau that uh, any any final level music, any music that plays in the final level or final area of a game would work, even if it was also played in other areas of the game. Uh, this would also, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but it would have included like a final uh, track in a racing game that would have worked. Um, obviously, a, uh, a last level, like we'll, we'll get into some examples today, but also if it's a world map and it's the last area of the game, then that would also have been uh, fair. So... I, I was actually having a little bit of trouble coming up with selections. I did have a few on my list, but then I went to Twitter and YouTube and asked some of our listeners and some of our supporters if they had any ideas. And I had so many suggestions that I'm actually not going to be able to play them all. Um, all six of the tracks I'm bringing today 
are from suggestions by our listeners and supporters. And I really appreciate everyone. Sorry if I didn't get to play your pick, but I am going to be crowdsourcing for the last three episodes that we're going to be doing as well. We'll talk about what the next one is at the end of this recording. But yeah, the track that I opened up with in lieu of our regular theme song by Skeletroy was the last level of Castlevania II Simon's Quest. This is within these castle walls. This game was composed by Kenichi Matsubara, Satoe Terashima, and Koji Murata. It was released for the Famicom and the NES in 1987, and of course developed and published by Konami. And this was recommended to me, among several other tracks, by uh, St. John of Nerd Noise Radio. So thanks so much for that, John. And since I have picked our sort of play-in track for the episode today... Shoot, why don't you go ahead and let us know what is the first full track that we are going to be listening to from your list? Well, I thought that we could lead off with one of the... A song from one of the games that we've focused on most over the run of this podcast. I'm going to be leading off with Mega Man 3's Wily Fortress 3. was Wily Fortress 3 from Mega Man 3, composed by Yasuaki Fujita for the NES in 1990, and the game was released by Capcom. Very cool, nice and creepy, good way to sort of er, start things up. I'm curious, there are a lot of final areas in the Mega Man games, because there have been a lot of Mega Man games. What was it that you think made you decide on this one? I don't know, a lot of the other like, final Wily Castle themes, like, the ones that I know, that I recognize, like, from Mega Man 2, for example, are awful. <laughs> like, the Mega Man 2 one is just like, bah, 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 <laughs> and it's just that over and over again, and no. Uh, I yeah. picked Mega Man 3 because <laughs> I know its reputation of having, like, really good music. It does have a fantastic soundtrack, um, as does too. But you know, they they both got their high points and low points. Um, I really liked this though. It's uh, you know not too long, so kind of a nice counterpoint to the within these castle walls uh, 
interesting to hear some retro Konami followed up by some retro Capcom on the episode. A couple of really, really classic series there. So, nice pick, kiddo. Yeah. So my first pick is going to come from a more modern game. This one was recommended to us by a longtime friend of the show and VGM podcast fan, Utopian Nemo. We're going to take a listen to Stage 7, or Amarna, from Pharaoh Rebirth Plus. This was composed by Peposoft, or Pepo for short. It was released on Steam in 2016. It was developed by Crobon Station and published by Dejika. Once again, this is Stage 7, Amarna, from Pharaoh Rebirth Plus. That was Stage 7, or Amarna, from Pharaoh Rebirth Plus. Once again, that was recommended to us by Utopian Nemo. Uh, Nemo actually wrote an article about this game on Kotaku. I will link to that, as well as to Peposoft's uh, website in the show notes. But yeah, Shukapau, what did you think of this track? That was really cool. I liked the rhythm a lot, and the, the like lead string instrument added a lot to it. Yep, I like the strings, and it's got sort of that Middle Eastern flair to it. Yeah, that lead was really cool. This was very nicely done. So, I don't know much about this game. Pharaoh Rebirth Plus is actually a re-release of Pharaoh Rebirth, uh, which is the game that was released back in 2016. I don't know for certain when Rebirth Plus came out, Okay, actually, the original was released 2015. Rebirth Plus came out March 17, 2016. That is the version that was published by Dejica. This is a side-scrolling exploration platforming game, also, of course, popularly known as a Metroidvania. And it stars a bunny named Dr. Jonathan Banfield. (laughs) Uh, It is set in Egypt, 
And uh, Jonathan is once again a rabbit who attacks with his ears in a stabbing motion. That's really kind of the extent of what Wikipedia says about the game. Um, I'm sure that Nemo's article goes into a lot more detail, so I would encourage everybody to check that out. But yeah, I'm not going to have a whole lot to say about some of these games. I actually think I'm going to have more to say about your picks than about most of my picks. But I just enjoyed these uh, that these five or these six that I ended up with so much that I needed to uh, I needed to flesh my list out with them. So, but tell you what, why don't you why don't we play another couple of tracks and then I want to have a short chat about some of our experiences in last levels or last areas of games. All right. So, what is your second pick for the day going to be? I think I'm gonna go with. The castle theme from New Super Mario Bros. Wii. That was the castle theme from New Super Mario Bros. Wii, composed by Shiho Fuji and released by Nintendo for the Wii in 2009. This game was a pretty big part of my childhood. It was one of the first games I ever played, and I remember having fun playing with uh, you and Mom and Dusk, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember this castle theme being really cool. Like, it's not as... I don't think it's as cool as the, um... Not as good as the new Super Mario Bros. one, which is incredible. <laughs> and... But I, I picked this one instead because of the nostalgia factor. Yeah. New Super Mario Bros. is still nostalgic for me. We have it on the DS, and I've played it quite a bit. But it's not new Super Mario Bros. Wii. Yeah, there's really something to be said about your first Mario game, and I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Mario Sunshine was actually your first Mario game. Yeah, Mario Sunshine was my first game ever. Yeah, but this was the first side-scrolling Mario game, and yeah, I can definitely see it was a really well-put-together game. The soundtrack is not as good to me as some of the classic Mario stuff, like I think Super Mario World may hold a candle as my favorite Mario soundtrack. Uh, at least in the classic era. Uh, it's very different from stuff that's on like the Galaxy games and Odyssey and things like that. But 
It's just really, really good stuff. That would probably have to be my favorite castle theme, the one from Super Mario World, but at least in, in Mario games. But this one is, is still really good and a nice counterpoint to some of the other music in the game because it's it's got that creepy, like, organ-driven, dark castle sound that was really started with um, with Mario World, but especially with Mario 64. Yeah. So there's three kind of distinct parts to this track. Which part do you think is your favorites? The, like the A section, B section, or C section? Probably the B section, because when it goes into the like the chord changes, the ba 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 ba, it just has this super like cool dark theme that mm-hmm. I think really fits the Mario Castle themes, because they're all like dark and spooky and filled with lava and a bunch of spikes and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, the B section is probably my favorite too possibly, and I just now kind of realized this as I was thinking about both of them, possibly because I think it harkens back a little bit in, in, in tone quality to that Mario World Castle theme. Uh, the melody isn't really very similar at all, but the, the feeling that I get from it, um, I would put it in the same category in my brain. Yeah, they are very similar now I think of it. That the melody that it does have is very Kondo-esque. It's got that quintessential Mario Fortress sound that is dangerous, but also you can tell you're still playing basically a cartoon. It's not like horror-level danger. It's uh, fantasy danger, and I I really like that. And that's a, it's a hard line to toe. So Shiho Fuji, yeah. who Nintendo Wiki lists as the specific composer of this track, uh, did a really really good job on this one. Yeah, this is this is a really fun track to listen to. And the Bowser fights in all of the new Super Mario Bros. games are all really fun. Um, of course, we're not talking about final levels or final bosses, we're talking about final levels, but yeah, this always makes me think of those fights. So, because I think when I'm fighting Bowser, I'm always too busy to really be listening to the music because it's kind of nonstop action at that point. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my next track. I'm not going to have as much info about, but it's a really, really special pick. Uh, This one comes to us by way of Hammock, the host of KVGM The Last Wave. We're going to take a listen to Final Stage from Rave Master, uh, the full name here being Rave Master Fighting Live.
Right, once again, that was Final Stage from Rave Master Fighting Live. This was composed by Toshihisa Furusawa and released on the GameCube in 2002. This is another Konami game, and this one was recommended to us by Hammock. It's actually a really special pick. He was saving it for The Last Wave, which is the smoothest video game podcast on the pod waves. But he said that he um, thought he might as well recommend it for... Uh, this final level episode of our show, episode 72. So, yeah, definitely everyone go check out The Last Wave. I will have a link to that in the show notes as well. And um, if you like this, you'll definitely like all of what Hammock has got to got to provide. What do you think about this track, Shukapau? I think that was really cool. It feels a bit like a mix between a smooth, like, a smooth video game track like maybe a battle theme mm-hmm. but also something that we play in jazz band <laughs> yeah i especially I'm, there at the beginning i don't know for certain if this would fall into the uh, genre category of jazz fusion uh it definitely has a jazzy element to it uh, i think it probably would because it's a little faster than most jazz it's got a driving rhythm to it which makes sense because this is a fighting game based on Rave Master, which is uh, an anime or a manga series. I don't know which one came first, but I'm pretty sure they're both. But yeah, so knowing this is from a fighting game, does uh, does that make sense to you listening to this song? Yeah. Yeah. There's something about having a level um, or having a, a nice rhythmic beat to your track in a fighting game that I, I have found... kind of helps me sometimes especially in the old school fighting games not so much the brawlers like smash bros there it doesn't really matter what what the music is you're going to kick my butt anyway but (laughs) but in the old school games um like street fighter 2 and things like that i found that having a nice rhythm to the to the music really helps out a lot so yeah so that was our fourth track Uh, we are going to be doing a total of 10 not counting the play-in and the blooper reel but i thought this might be a good time to talk a little bit about our history with final areas or final levels in video games what do you think yeah so i have beaten quite a few games over the years i don't finish that many games nowadays uh just because i'm so busy with so much other stuff lately but when I do find a game and, and wrap it up, it, it's always really special when I get to the end of, of a video game and I'm kind of in that, that gauntlet leading up to the final area. I just played through um, an indie game on the Switch called Agelos, and the final area is the, the castle of what, who you think is the big bad, who turns out to be sort of you know just a puppet of the big bad in in true video game fashion but the castle is a really cool level and it's got um it's got a nice beat to it i almost picked that one but then i ended up bumping it for uh for again this lister submitted playlist i also remember the enchantress tower and shovel knight being a really impressive um level uh leading up to the 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 boss gauntlet before you fight the enchantress and I think that the last level, though, that really sticks in my brain the most is probably, once again, from Super Mario World. When I finally got to Bowser's Castle and was playing through it, anybody who hasn't played it, uh, you can. It's on Switch Online. It's on the SNES Classic. Um, It's easily findable and playable these days if you want to check it out. But 
you have got a series of four different doors that you can go into after you enter the castle. And each one of those has a different level behind it. And after you beat that, you have another series of four doors. And each of those has a different level behind it. So you have kind of two different levels that you can select from to play at first. And then there's a little final area leading up to the fight with Bowser, which was really fun. And I had it memorized as to which of the areas were the ones I was most comfortable with when I was a kid. So I always played those two. Uh, lately, as I replay the game, I tend to try to find some other ones that are that are fun. But there was just something about that castle. And maybe it's the fact that when I beat it, that was the longest game I had beaten up to that point when I was a kid that sticks that one in my brain. But what about you? What about what are some of your most memorable last levels in video games? Well, there's another dimension from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, which is kind of the secret eighth like level, which uh, in Kirby, what is usually called a world, like in Mario games, are classified as levels, and what are usually levels are classified as stages, because they're weird like that, but kind of the eighth secret kind of level, right before the boss fight, that doesn't really adhere to the uh, the naming scheme of the others because the first letter of each of them spell crowned, which is the name of the final boss theme. It's this it's the shooter segment that's in like almost every Kirby game. Yeah, and it's it's really cool. It's got this neat space vibe, and it's got a bunch of enemies that you've never seen before, and it has amazing music. A little bit of foreshadowing right there, but <laughs> you know. There's the Cave of the Past from Earthbound, which is just, like, really spooky, and it's got a nice ambience for, you know, what kind of area it is. And then there... I mean, there's obviously Mario Castles, which nowadays, like, in the new Super Mario Bros. games are, like, these long gauntlets sometimes. And then there's stuff like... Um, Grandmaster Galaxy from Galaxy 2, which is oh, a yeah. great last level. Yeah, those those last, like, bonus last levels from the Mario Galaxy games are really, really impressive. <laughs> of course, our, uh, our, both of our very favorite last levels in a Mario game has got to be the volcano from Mario Sunshine, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> With the, uh, the amazing, you know, p- physics-perfect um, act of having to <laughs> steer that that little boat with flood as <laughs> you go through the lava. Yeah, uh, having to use a mechanic that you were never uh, that you never needed to use for the rest of the game. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not not Mario's finest hour that volcano level, but uh, still uh, still a great game and um, one with a lot of nostalgia for both of us. Probably my favorite modern final level in a video game is Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild. Just the lead up to it and the way it's laid out. And of course, the music is really fantastic. Another possible spoiler alert for later in the show. But yeah, all all good choices. I kind of expected you also to mention the end from Minecraft. Yeah, that is... It's, It's really interesting. It's a great boss fight arena. And then afterward, it's... A really like treacherous, challenging landscape to try and get through to get some of the game's best treasures, like some great armor 
and like dragon heads Mm -hmm. and of course the fabled elytra wings which you can use to like fly around and glide I've never actually explored the end. I don't think I've been in the end since they added like in cities and in ships and stuff like that. So um, there, there definitely is a lot out there, and I've enjoyed watching you do it and seeing some of what you and Lemon Boy watch on YouTube. But one other thing, you've been playing a lot of uh, Terraria recently. I have, yeah. It doesn't really have a final area because of the kind of game it is, I wouldn't say, but... If you had to pin down a certain area of Terraria as the final, what would you say it is? Well, yesterday I did kind of make it farther in Terraria than I've ever been. And I'd have to say either the Wizard Temple or the Dungeon. Because you get to unlock the Temple after you beat Plantera. And there you can fight Golem, which you can use to get the best pickaxe in the game. Mm -hmm. Which is more of a pickaxe-axe hybrid. It's called the Picksaw. And then there's the dungeon, which gets a huge upgrade after you beat Plantera. There are a bunch of, like, crazy hard enemies in there, and there are, of course, the lunatic cultists right outside, which, if you kill them, start basically the final boss kind of gauntlet. It starts the lunar events. Uh, From my understanding... If you, when you kill them, first off it spawns the Lunatic Cultist, which is a boss you have to kill, and then that starts like the, it spawns four Celestial Towers, which you have to destroy, Um, and then after you destroy all those, they summon the Moon Lord, which is the final boss of Terraria, pretty much, Mm -hmm. and yeah, so I'd say the dungeon is a pretty important area. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, uh, what do you have to bring for our next track? I think that I'm going to go back to what I said earlier and play Another Dimension from Kirby's Return to Dreamland. All right, very cool. Let's get into it.
that was Another Dimension from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, released for the Wii in 2011 by Nintendo and developed by HAL Laboratory, and that track was composed by the legendary Jun Ishikawa. Yes, uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland was a joint effort by Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa, the two Kirby dads, as it were. Uh, but this one, uh, again, according to Nintendo Wiki, was specifically composed by Ishikawa. And I think it harkens back to some of his classic Kirby themes in a couple of places, too. So, uh, very nice pick, Ishikawa. And you've talked about this stage a little bit, but um, why don't you talk a little more about how it ended up on your list over some of the other Kirby tracks you could have picked? And, um, yeah, just tell us a little more about your choice. Yeah. Um, like pretty much all the other tracks, this one just kind of popped into my head, and I'm like, yo, I'm going to put that on the list, because I made this list yesterday. <laughs> not, not a bad way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just how I do things. I, like, get an idea and I roll with it, because when I plan things, it just kind of jumbles up in my head. This stage is really interesting, because before this, um... Quick off to not get spoiled for a game that came out 13 years ago, but <laughs> 11 years ago, huh? Anyway, yeah. So right before this, you beat Landia, which is like Magor, the little space dude. He tells you that they like shot down his ship, and that's why he ended up in Dreamland because he was trying to go through a portal where they shot down his ship, and so he crash landed. So so you put a ship back together. And then you go back through the portal where they shoot his ship down again, and this time it doesn't break for some reason. But he lands, and you have to go up to the volcano. And so you beat Landia, and they drop this like crown they're wearing, and they break apart and, uh, into like their describe, four... Describe Landia for us. Okay, so Landia is kind of like a mix between a traditional dragon and a hydra, because... What it looks like is this four-headed, like, dragon-looking thing, and it's a really tough fight. Like, uh, it, like, shoots fire at you and, like, dashes towards you, and, like, they do all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And then you beat them, and the Master Crown falls off, and they, like, it turns out there are four separate dragons that kind of like use the Master Crown's power to bond together. And then Magor's like, Yo, you did it, Kirby, you, you beat Lania. Um, I'm just gonna like take this crown real quick. And and then he like he puts the crown on and he turns into like this this being from hell, except not quite hell <laughs> yet. He it's like like the devil in Shadow the Hedgehog. I, 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 I don't know him as anything else. I only know him as the devil because I watched Snap Cube's Shadow the Hedgehog fan dub. But he <laughs> looks kind of like that. So then you get on Landia because there's conveniently four of them and there's four players available. So yep. you... That's where the shooter stage starts. Yeah, and that's when the shooter stage starts. Magalore's, like using his new interdimensional powers to like rip apart the, time, the space-time continuum. So... You're in this kind of in-between world between Halkandra, which is like the fire volcano world where Landia and Magalore live, and Planet Popstar. Right. Which is where Kirby lives. Yeah. And so you're going in between in between those two levels, and it's it's just like a really cool it's a really neat area, and I like it a lot. Yeah. 
like you were saying, the shooter stages in Kirby games are always always really cool, uh, and there's always kind of a lead up to uh, to that near the final. Um, ever since, I don't think uh, actually one of the, st- the bosses in Kirby's Dreamland was a shooter area, and I think that the final boss. Maybe the second to last. I always get mixed up on how the nightmare is in Kirby's Adventure, but I know that in one of his two phases, it's it's a shooter stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's always fun. And I remember playing this level with you and Dusk, uh, and I think I've actually gone back and played it with um, with other combinations of all five of you kids because Kirby's Return to Dreamland has been a big part of all of your sort of gaming lives. It's such a good game. It is my favorite Kirby game, only like contested by Planet Robobot, which is definitely a close second. Yeah, and I mean, this one I would say is probably definitely your favorite multiplayer Kirby game, and maybe Robobot is your favorite single-player Kirby experience. Yeah. But there's also a lot to this one. There's a lot of unlockables and things. And it was just a really, really great return to form for the Kirby team. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Classic choice. Classic choice. Uh, I am actually going to go to another platforming game. This one more, uh, again, of a Metroidvania than a typical platformer. And this is one of the picks that I actually have some experience playing on my list today. Uh, this is brought to us by Alex the Messenger of the VGM Journey podcast. And fittingly enough, this is a track from The Messenger. This is the final level, which takes place, spoiler alert, inside of a magic music box. And the name of this track is A Melody to Break the Curse.
That's a banger. Wow. That was a melody to break the curse from The Messenger. This was composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes. It's been released on multiple platforms, first in 2018. And it was developed by Sabotage Studio and published by Devolver Digital. Once again, this was recommended to us by Alex Messenger of A VGM Journey. And I know Alex loves this game. I certainly spent a lot of time playing this game. It was really, really satisfying to get to the end. And this last level is just so cool. And this music is really fun. Um, it's got that dark sort of air of mystery that the whole game really has. And uh, yeah, what do you think of this, Yukapal? I think that's really cool. It's it's definitely a vibe, for sure. Or a music box. Little percussion joke in there, because cause vibes, you know. <laughs> did you ever play The Messenger Shook Pal? I can't recall. I did not, actually. It's a really fun one. I know you've got a lot of games going on, but this is definitely one that I think you should come back to at some point. It's a fun action platformer. It's got a lot of really cool power-ups and abilities you can pick up. Basically, the plot is you're this ninja who's the last of your clan. Uh, Your clan was decimated by a bunch of monsters from the underworld, and so you have to go through and collect things and fight demons and travel through time and eventually save everything. So, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, very rewarding gameplay. It can be difficult, but... It is never, in my opinion, it's never cheap. It's always, um, always a good time. Neat. Yeah, so that was my third pick of the episode. That leaves us with two more each. What have you got for us for your next track? Well, I think next up, I'm going to go ahead and play a track that I think we both enjoy a lot. This is... The Hyrule Castle Exterior from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild.
welcome back, gamers. That was Hyrule Castle Exterior from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, released in 2017 for the Wii U and Nintendo Switch by Nintendo themselves, and composed by Manaka Kataoka. Yeah, another ensemble cast of composers for this one. Uh, but I have mentioned on a couple of other shows that Kataoka was the, uh, the official composer of this particular piece. Part arranger, part composer. There is definitely some new stuff here, but a lot of it is based on older Zelda themes. And this is probably my favorite track in the whole game. I love it so much, and I've talked about it in other places. It's great. It's got to be my favorite castle theme, just like, period. It's so good. It fits the level so well, just mm -hmm. like this destroyed, desecrated castle with like a bunch of like evil stuff all over it <laughs> and just like it fits so well with beast ganon too is the thing mm -hmm. like it's just such a it's such a good track and we are specifically playing the exterior theme which takes some of its notes from earlier Ganon themes in the series and of course the main Legend of Zelda theme which is also uh, low-key the theme of Link for the series. Inside the castle it switches over and you hear some really haunting um, dissonance renditions of Zelda's lullaby which is fitting. Um, if you want to hear me talk about this track in a lot of depth you can go back to my very first ever podcast appearance uh, In the Pit with Bedroth on the VG Embassy with Ed Wilson. But, yeah, why don't you talk a little about your memory of encountering Hyrule Castle for the first time as you were playing through Breath of the Wild? I did, of course, see it in my first playthrough when Mr. Old Man pointed it out to me, and Ganon comes up out of it in the distance, and I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I stayed away from it for... A pretty good portion of the game, I'm pretty sure. I got the Master Sword, I did some of the Divine Beasts, and I decided to venture inside and see what I could find. And what I found was this track, of course, mm -hmm. which is an absolute banger, and a bunch of, like, really hard enemies, uh, good equipment, and... A pretty complex map. Yeah, the map, like, it's, was <laughs> it's crazy the kind of dungeon they were able to make with this castle. Zelda dungeons are really good in two D, but this is just that brought to life on a far greater scale. Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more puzzle solving in this dungeon. Uh, I feel like. There were a lot of puzzles in the Divine Beast, possibly too many puzzles <laughs> in those. Um, Far too many. But in, I don't know, in Breath of the Wild, uh, uh, the dungeon design was a drawback for, I think, a lot of people playing it. Uh, I don't think that they ever hit the balance that they were able to hit in other Zelda games. Possibly the best game as far as like the, the peak Zelda dungeon experience is Skyward Sword. Um, although Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker are all really fantastic. Uh, I mean, really, th there's not a bad game as far as dungeon design. 
Breath of the Wild, though, is probably the weakest, but this castle was a lot of fun to play. Nice. Yeah, this was a really good choice, and I am going to be shifting gears, uh, pun intended, as we go into my next choice. This one is uh, also going to be a (laughs) big difference in sound, so I'm both literally and figuratively changing gears. This is from a racing game, Sega Rally Championship. We're going to be listening to Ignition, and uh, even though it's called Ignition, and that's the first thing you do, this actually is the final track uh, music, according to the person who recommended it to me, which is Electric Boogaloo. Once again, we're going to listen to Ignition from Sega Rally Championship.
Nice. Yeah, cool finish. That's really cool. Right, we're back. That was Ignition from Sega Rally Championship. This was composed by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi for the original arcade, and it was arranged for the Sega Saturn by Takayuki Kijikata. This is the Saturn version uh, that was released in 1995. Of course, this was released by Sega. Once again, this was recommended to us by Electric Boogaloo, who is always a really good source of great music. And I think he has a real soft spot for this Sega Redbook audio era of like the Sega CD, the Saturn, and the Dreamcast, because he has brought a lot of really great music from those uh, from those games to my attention. So, yeah, thanks again, uh, Electric Boogaloo, for that. And Chukapau, we were talking about this quite a bit as it was playing. Um, what do you like about this track? Love the part around the three-minute mark when the piano comes in. Yeah, piano solo. <laughs> it's really nice. It has a good rhythm, and it really does sound like a racing game. It's, like, driving and... Like upbeat, it's really cool. Ah, driving. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> yeah, really nice instrument choices. Um, good performances by the brass and the guitar and the piano, and just a, a really, really cool finish there. This was maybe the longest track that we're going to play on the episode today, but uh, yeah, worth listening to in its entirety. And yeah, uh, once again, a real real switch in gears from that Hyrule Castle track. Uh, the other ones that we play today I've kind of tried to pair up at least a little bit, but um, yeah, just still, even though it might not necessarily have matched super well with your choice, uh, this is still what, Shukapal? Very good music. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... I am excited about this last pair of tracks because they do go together very well, I think. Um, what is your next, uh, well, what are your final track of the episode going to be? I'm going to go back to a pretty classic game and one that I've played a couple times. This is Within the Giant from Final Fantasy IV DS. <laughs> Within the Giant from Final Fantasy IV DS, composed by Nobuo Uematsu, and the game was released in 2007 for the DS, and developed by Matrix Software, and published by Square Enix. This is... And this track was 
arranged for the DS by Junya Nakano. Uh, there were a pair of different composers working on this one. I don't recall the other one offhand, but I did look up on BGMDB and confirm that Junya Nakano was the one who arranged this particular track. And sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Continue. This is a really cool theme. It plays in one of the earlier dungeons, like before you go to the actual moon, and then it comes back when you are in the lunar core. It's a really fun track. It's It really kind of like uh, captures that feeling of being in this, like, this area that you really shouldn't be in. <laughs> like, the fact that in real life, humans even went to the moon in the first place is crazy. But these people have airships and that's about it. <laughs> Like, the thing is, though, this is the second moon of the planet. It's, like, a completely artificial moon built by aliens. Final Fantasy IV is a weird game. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> but, yeah, this is... It's a really neat track. I like it a lot. What did you think of it? I thought it was really cool. Of course, the, the trumpet lead is very nice. Um, I liked the... The driving rhythm, it has an epic feel to it that I think is befitting sort of a final area of a game. Um, this really, I honestly would have also fit for the final boss music. Um, this is almost almost too exciting for just level music in, a, in an RPG, but, but hey, it works. Yeah, and, and you said that you got some uh, Kirby vibes from this, right? I did, yeah. Um, I think that that trumpet, especially toward the middle of the track, really reminded me of some of the later Kirby, like, boss music. So, like, some of what we played back on our Kirby Halloween episode. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really cool stuff. Uh, this, uh, originally, Final Fantasy IV was released in 1991, and, of course, when it first came out in the U.S., it was Final Fantasy II, because of all the weird reasons. Uh, when you played this... Did you play the original version, or did you play the DS version? Uh, I played the original version on, I think, the SNES. Mm -hmm. Apparently the, I think the, either PSP, no, PlayStation 1 version, I think, is the best version to play, like, on an emulator. So I okay. might be do, uh, trying that again this year. Because I've played this game twice, but I've never beaten it. My second time, I got like all the way up to the final boss, but it was just crazy, and I didn't want to spend hours grinding. And did you pick the DS version of this track specifically, or is this just the version that you found, and so it's the one we ended up playing? Uh, I picked the DS version because it's probably my favorite. Okay. Uh, why do you think that is? Trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I think this is a very it's it's a really interesting little track, and the the way it was remade for the DS is pretty neat. I really like it. It's a it's a really cool theme, and we're not going to be going too far afield for my last pick of the episode. This is another Square game. Uh, we're going to be listening to The Gate of Finis, or Finis, or Finis, F-I-N-I-S. <laughs> uh, this is the last area music from the game Octopath Traveler. 
five finger fanfare. Mm hmm. <laughs> All right. Welcome back from the last uh, track of the episode proper. That was The Gate of Finis from Octopath Traveler. This was composed by Yasunori Nishiki. It was released on multiple platforms initially in 2018, developed and published by Square Enix, and this was recommended to us by Mustin. I want to talk really briefly about Mustin uh, because I thought it was really cool uh, when he started engaging with me on Twitter. Uh, Mustin has been a part of the scene for quite a while. Um, he's a music producer. He makes lots of different types of music, uh, not just video game music. He has been featured on, on TV as well and is remixed for artists. Um, some inside of the VGM community like Brentlefloss and Mega Ran. Uh, but he is also the producer for the cover band, The One-Ups. So Mustin's been doing this for a long time. I'll have a link to his website in the show notes and links to um, the contents of everybody who has content online who recommended a track for the show. Uh, thank you all so much for that. But before I get into some of my thank yous and talking a little more about the future of the show and uh, you talking about some of what you've been up to, what did you think of this track from Octopath Traveler? That was really nice. It had a bit of Xenoblade vibes at the end there. Um, and it was it was super chill, really smooth. It was just, it was really nice. Yeah, so from what I have gathered, uh, I only played a little bit of Octopath because I've only been through the demo. I think that this is probably going to be the next big RPG that I jump into because I've, I've really, it's been building for a long time. I've always known that I was eventually going to play it, and I think it's just time to go ahead and do that. So this is probably going to be my next um, full price purchase unless I can find it anywhere for, uh, for a discount. But <laughs> uh, this area is... I guess sort of like you mentioned for another dimension, this is like a, um, it's an area that stands outside of a regular space and it's where sort of the final boss gauntlet uh, happens before you get into fighting the big bad. Really low-key intensity in this track, I think, and definitely fitting for a sort of looming subdued feeling in this final area leading up to the end of the game but i think that that is going to do it for all of our picks for the episode but yeah i want to thank everybody who suggested tracks for this episode and just everybody who has supported us for the last two and a half years we really appreciate you our patreon is no longer live but i am still going to list uh, our patrons who supported us over the time that we did the show um, in the show notes for these episodes because we just really appreciate y'all so much and um, the next episode that we are going to be doing I am going to be asking for some recommendations for that one as well it's going to be a really really fun one um, we are going to be playing final boss music on the next episode this could be final bosses in any kind of game uh, so whatever you think takes the um you know is whatever song you think is fitting for that theme final bosses that's the one we're uh well, that, those are the ones we're going to go with so i have a couple of sort of vague ideas for what i want to bring uh nothing too hard and fast what about you shukapow do you already know of anything in particular that you're going to be bringing to the next episode 
Yeah, definitely. I got uh, some new stuff and some stuff that's going to be related to this episode. Oh, cool. All right. All right. Very cool. Well, hopefully we can squeeze in some time to record that. We're taking advantage of the three-day weekend to go ahead and knock this out. And I think I might actually try to edit it later on today as well and just go ahead and get it up this weekend. But I definitely want to have these last four episodes out uh, by the end of October. And then maybe we can plan on something really cool to close out the year with this being the third year of the podcast. And, uh, but yeah, why don't you, um, talk a little bit about your channel, uh, some of the stuff you've been up to. And of course we will have a link to that channel in the show notes so people can go and check out what you're doing. All right. Well, I've been doing some stuff. I've been doing a Minecraft hardcore playthrough and a Pokemon Black 2 Nuzlocke, both of which I am really enjoying. I do have some pretty interesting stuff coming up. I'm going to be playing Undertale, and I've got um, an Among Us video coming out, and a little bit of Terraria, too. And for anybody who's not really, I guess you already kind of described described it, but what, in your opinion, sets your channel apart from some of the other Let's Players out there? Well, I feel like I'm a little bit less of a let's player and more of just a uh, jack of all trades kind of uh i am trying to figure out a bit of what i'm doing but i think a lot of what other full-time youtubers have done they started off making their channel and then it just kind of grows without them really noticing it I've sort of known that I've wanted to at least have a YouTube channel for a long time now, and I've been watching YouTube for a long time, so I know a lot of kind of what I'm supposed to do. So what's some other content that you're hoping to get put up, um, hoping to get up onto the channel other than uh, just like video playthroughs or game playthroughs? I think I definitely want to do some music at some point and game reviews, especially after I've finished playing a game or replaying a game would definitely be a lot of fun. Okay. Very cool. One of my favorite videos that you've done so far is uh, you talking a little bit about uh, some of your memories when you were younger. Specifically, uh, you talk about some little comics that you drew with a friend and uh, what I think is really cool about that video and what I was impressed with is you're, you tell the stories really well, but also in the background, you're just like building a house in Minecraft and the visuals and the audio work together really well in that neither one of them detracts from the other one, even though they're about like totally different things. And it's just a really cool, really chill, not too long video to uh, sort of zone out to. So thanks. Uh, is your content going to be safe for uh, kids of all ages? Yep. Cool. All right. I'll... It might end up a little bit not when I'm recording with some other people, but uh, I will try my best. Yeah. And I mean, depending on the game you're playing as well, I think probably a solid E10 plus rating would be a, a nice fit for what I've seen so far. But 
Uh, really looking forward to that growing. And uh, any of you who are listening to this, uh, please give Shoot Kapow a hand. Uh, there are two different Shoot Kapow channels on YouTube at the time being because there is a bit of a snafu with uh, the, the email based that the first one was based on. So at some point... Um, like the link that I will have in the show notes to the YouTube channel will be the right one. So make sure that that's the one that you refer people to if you help spread the word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, as I mentioned, I have also been doing some other stuff. I've been working on BG Mania with Brian. That's been a whole lot of fun. And um, I am going to be continuing on that show for uh, the foreseeable future. It's really easy because all I have to do is pick tracks and show up. We recently did an interview episode with Alberto Jose Gonzalez, which was a lot of fun to put together. It's our longest episode to date at two and a half hours, but I definitely recommend that you all check that out. Uh, I'm going to have a link to that in the show notes as well, as well as to the latest episode of The Movie Bar that I did with Dyad, uh, who is a lawyer as well as a VGM podcaster. And he and I get together every month and talk about a legal film. We just did And Justice for All, starring Al Pacino. That's the one I'll link in the show notes. And later on in the month of September, we're going to be posting our first guest episode with uh, Jason Ariola from several different podcasts. But Multimedia Failure is probably the one most related because we talked about the Ace Attorney movie, uh, the live action movie out of Japan. And Jason joined us for that. And we're going to be joining him and his friends on Multimedia Failure to talk about the film uh, around the same time from a, maybe a slightly different angle. So, yeah, definitely go check those things out if you want more Bedrock and Shoot Kapow content. And sometime in the next couple of weeks, be on the lookout for our final boss episode. And yeah, thank you for checking out Level 72. You can find our Discord in the show notes. And you can find me on Twitter at VGMPod. And you can find me on Twitter at ShootKapow. All right. Well, anything else for the uh, the game music lovers to uh, I words and stuff? So yeah, got anything else for ShootKapow? Uh, nope. I think that's about it. Okay. Well, then I guess until next time, play very good games. Be very good people. And keep listening to Very Good Music. So I guess we don't have much of a uh, blooper reel on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Although probably some of what we were recording when we couldn't hear each other might be good. Uh, you could always tell a funny story or something if you want. I could put it in there. <laughs> yeah. This is the perfect music to tell a funny story to. Yeah. So you're going in between that. Someone's car alarm someone's car alarm outside is going off and so you're going in between those two level in in between those two levels and it's it's just like a really cool like it's a really neat area and i like it a lot and yeah you mentioned a car alarm outside i actually don't hear it either irl or on your mic so we're good <laughs> yeah it stopped <laughs> That's good. um Yeah, man, really, really great, um, really great choice, and I'm going to try that again.
yeah, why don't you um, talk a little bit about your channel, uh, some of the stuff you've been up to. And, of course, we will have a link to that channel in the show notes so people can go and check out what you're doing. All right. Are you, are you still there? I can't hear you. Um, I was waiting on you to start talking. Oh, okay. Uh, what, what do I say? Did you hear the last thing I said? Uh, no. I said, why don't you tell us about your YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. All right. There's some blooper well, material. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. So what have you been doing today while we've been recording? Editing and scrolling Twitter. Cool, cool. Which video are you working on? The Among Us one. Lemon Boy is excited about that one coming out. Yeah. He was trying to tell me all about like what happened in it earlier, and I said, how about we just wait and watch it together, and then I can find out what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a real blast playing that with y'all. He's looking forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, me too. 